it was that day that I said to myself, I cannot keep doing this the same way. I may be 57. I might have one year left. I might have 40 years. I don't know, but I cannot live another day and keep doing the same thing over and over. Welcome to another episode of Why Not Meditate podcast. I'm your host, Masako Kozawa, a teacher and a student of mindfulness meditation. Well, I hope you are well. This week, I am recording this podcast at a different location than I normally do because a hurricane is heading toward where I live. So I decided to leave the area and take this as an opportunity to make it into a spontaneous vacation. And the conversation I had with today's guest Patricia Love, which I am about to share here, had an impact on how I saw this hurricane situation and how I made decisions. So one way of looking at the situation could have been, oh no, the storm is coming, it sucks, why is this happening to me? I just moved here. Maybe this is a sign that I should have never moved here. I am doomed. Or. Another way of looking at the exact same situation could be, oh no, the storm is coming. Well, I cannot control that, but what can I control? What are my options here? Do I need to stay here and ride the storm out? Or can I be somewhere else without abandoning my responsibilities? What is more fun for me? How can I make the most out of this seemingly unfortunate situation? When you have the awareness that you have the authority in your life, and when you know that you have choices, you start living your life slightly differently, maybe with more confidence. And how do we build that confidence? Well, that's what we're talking about with Patricia, who is a woman's confidence coach. But did she always have the confidence? No, the exact opposite. After hitting her rock bottom at age 57, she had to learn how to build her confidence and rebuild her life. And now she can share the wisdom she has gained through her own experience. I am so thankful that I have gotten to know her. And like I mentioned earlier, this conversation alone. Helped me to make a better decision already. And I am sure it will also impact how you see yourself in your life and decisions you make going forward. She is so generous, just so much fun to talk to you. And I am happy that I get to share this with you. So without further ado, please welcome Patricia Love. Hi, Patricia. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm great. And thank you for having me. I love just、uh, having a chat with you. It's going to be fun. Yes. <laughs> First of all, I have to say, I love your last name. Your last name is Love, L O V E, Patricia yes, Love. Patricia, Patricia Love, absolutely. <laughs> I want you to share for the audiences who don't really know you well, I want you to share who you are, what your journey has been, and 
you have become a coach, life coach along the way. And you've learned all of the different types of mindfulness, healing modalities. And I just want you to share your story. Okay. That sounds good. Well, I guess I'll just start off. And since you mentioned my name already, Patricia Love, I'll kind of tell people that first off, it's so funny because a lot of people ask me if that's my real name. <laughs> and I always have to say, yes, it is my real name. It's my maiden name. Um, there's a story actually behind it at some point uh, where my father actually changed his name from Mills to Love. But that's oh. a whole different story, which, you know, if we have time, we'll get into it. But it's a uh, as far as I know, I'm a Patricia Love, you know, and that is the name that I've always maintained and kept. It served me well. And I think a lot of people, and especially women, I'm one of those people that always says the name is who you are. Yeah. And I'm one of those people is never always understood why people change their names. But uh, my second husband actually changed his name to my name, Bobby. So his name is Bobby Love. So <laughs> you never know, right? But anyway, so who am I? And first off, what I do right now is that I am a confidence coach for women. I'm also a motivational coach because I think motivation and confidence kind of goes together. And I think people have to be motivated to gain confidence. I'm launching an app for women, um, for it's an affordable app for them to actually learn more about confidence and understand why confidence is so important, that confidence is key in life. I always believe confidence is freedom. And, and then that will kind of goes into my journey a bit. When I was 57 years of age, that was extremely dark time for me. And a lot of people will go like 57. Oh my gosh, you should be retiring. You're doing something, but you know, life throws stuff at us. And, and in some cases, my life was throwing things at me, but my whole life, mm -hmm. but I was never really prepared to address it. Yeah. And so like a lot of women, a lot of men too, I was brought up to be kind of tough and strong and to hold my feelings in. And be, and that's because my father was emotionally absent, you might say. He abandoned me emotionally and he has his own story. My mother was an alcoholic. So it was a process of when I grew up, their whole goal was to pretty much get rid of me <laughs> because mm -hmm. they didn't really want me around that much. They put a rope over my head, of course, and they fed me. And a lot of that was what my father's story is it's because he was so abused his whole key was to make money to just put a roof over my head and feed me. That to him was love. But mm -hmm. all through my life, and, you know, especially the nurturing years, I was searching for his love and, you know, and searching for my mother's love, but they weren't capable of giving it to me the way a child needs it. Right. Yeah. And as a child, and I address this because children, we learn what we live. And if we don't learn love and we don't learn finances and we don't learn how to have relationships and what these things are all about, then when you grow up to be a teenager and a young adult, you flounder because yeah. you just don't understand and know, and you don't even know where to go to even figure it out. So in my teenage years, I became somewhat of a troublemaker in some ways, but in my twenties, I really became basically got into sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And a lot of that was due to trauma of my early 20s of being raped uh, by a stranger at gunpoint and also by a boyfriend in front in the hospital. So there was a lot of trauma. And my, my sister passed away very early. And she was the one that kind of mentored me. She took care of me because my parents really weren't there. Uh, she was much older than I was. So she was kind of like that nurturing person that took care of me. But 
technically I kind of grew up on my own being such a, so much younger than my siblings. Mm-hmm. And so there was just a lost time and I never understood finances. I never understood relationships. So when I would get married, I always thought there was a picket fence, but the picket fence would drop a lot of times and that would break up. And, and instead of handling things, I would, what they call, some people call runner. So because you don't want that negative stuff, you, you want to be the one that rejects than yeah. then rather to get rejected. Yeah. So I was in that position because I was basically was looking in for love in all the right place, all the wrong places, because my, um, again, I was just my father. I never had that love mm-hmm. and I was searching for it. So it took me a long time. And what I call my, I call it my suitcase because I had to be strong because I felt I was on my own a lot. And I think a lot of kids do. And a lot of, they always feel alone a lot of times when they're going through things, especially. And so instead of, you know, acknowledging it, I didn't really get that. I would just put a mask on and be that smiley, happy face that on the front. But, you know, at nighttime, I would be sad and, you know, not understand why life was so hard and and everything else. And so it it was a cycle that I would go through, but I was always trying to be strong. And so what I say when I carry my baggage with me or suitcase, I would take my suitcase. And when I had tough times, like my sister passing or divorce or trauma, I would take those traumas pretty much and just put them away in a bag and Mm -hmm. just in a suitcase and pack this kind of like. Everybody calls it your baggage, right? You're lugging your baggage along yeah. with you. And that's what I was doing is I was putting it in there. But until about second divorce and bad relationships and everything started to come into a head, I was 57 years of age. And you'd think you, at that time, you should know better, right? <laughs> but I didn't. And there's a lot of people that don't know better at 57, 67, or even it, it, or some people never even learn. Yeah. And it's just life throws things at us. Mm-hmm. And we just don't always know what to do with it. But for me, at 57, I had several things happen to me all at one time. Mm-hmm. It was the second husband left me for somebody younger. I was embarrassed that he left me. So I would constantly hide the reasons that he had left. Mm-hmm. I would say he was on a business trip or he was doing this or, you know, he was just not around. So I was lying to myself again. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother had passed away. So that was traumatic for me because uh, now I felt like an orphan. My father had already passed and my, you know, and uh, my mom had passed. I was like 30 pounds overweight. I was drinking too much. The I was in the real estate at the time and real estate at that time, 2008, 2009, completely stopped. Yeah. So. And the one thing I need to mention to your listeners is I was really good at making money, but I was mm-hmm. really even better at spending it. Mm-hmm. I was really good at spending money. So I ended up at that low level, $140,000 in debt. And everything just kind of just came upon me at one night it's in September. And it was so dark that yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought I wasn't going to have a roof over my head because I didn't have any money. I didn't know what was going to happen. I it was just, you know, things had left me. It was, I felt I was fat and ugly and my self-worth was just through down to the basement, you know? And at that moment though, I felt this energy and I, I'm a very spiritual, you know, and I believe in the universe and wh- whoever, whatever you might believe in. I believe that something was there that just kind of came through me. It was like a heat of energy that says, you've got to keep going. You've got to get up. You've got to take your power back. You can do this. And it was so 
iconic. You might, it was so in my brain that I could, I heard this voice say this to myself, say it to me. And it also said to me, write these five words down. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know why I was writing these words down either. I was just doing what this voice was telling me because at one point in my life, I'd heard another voice and it worked too, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, God, am I crazy? But I just wrote these down and it was acknowledgement, forgiveness, mindset, uh, accountability, and perseverance. And it was that day that I said to myself, I cannot keep doing this the same way. I may be 57. I might have one year left. I might have 40 years. I don't know, but I cannot live another day and keep doing the same thing over and over again. And I think a lot of people, they find themselves in this, maybe not quite as major as mine, maybe not the same age, but they find that their behaviors, you know, they're up and they're down, they're up and they're down. And I, I couldn't take the emotions anymore the highs and the lows, you know, obviously people have life problems and traumas and different things like that. But I just didn't want to be in that. I didn't want to have that same cycle. So I knew, and I wasn't sure how I was going to do this. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to break this cycle some Mm -hmm. way. And the only thing I could think of was, is first off, open up the bills, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, and I knew that because I felt so overwhelmed. Yeah. And I learned this as I moved forward because this nothing happens overnight. It nothing right. happens overnight. And I don't want anybody to think it does like, whoa, everything was good again. Woo, you know. No, <laughs> that was what I was living before. Like I'd have something good happen. And then you, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna roll, I'm wrong. And then all of a sudden something hits you and then you're on the bottom again. Didn't want that. So I knew I had to take one step at a time. Mm-hmm. I just knew in my heart because I couldn't pay off all the bills at once. I couldn't lose all the weight in one day. I couldn't, you know, make more money. And, you know, so I had to have a basic plan of one step at a time. And that's what I did. I basically paused, took Hmm. a pause because I always did find, and and I know you, you talk a lot about meditation and I talk about meditation and quietation, but I always remembered that when I did quiet myself, that's when I was the most creative. Mm. And when I allowed things to get overwhelming, then I would be in panic mode. Yeah. Anxiety and panic. Yes. Yeah. Because anxiety or stress in general, it comes to us when we are focusing on either past or the future, not in the present moment. Because in the present moment, if you are just be here now, you are okay. You're being able to be here now. You're being able to exist. And you have everything you need at this exact moment. There's enough air to breathe in. Right. But when you start thinking about what happened in the past or what would happen in the future, how am I going to do the lack of the lack of and and your panic starts to come within. And I know everybody understands this because it happens to everybody. Yes. And I think really key here is acknowledging it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and for me, because of all these things happening to me, I lost all the confidence on myself. I felt I was, my self-worth was bad and nobody wanted me and this and that, but you're right. As soon as I paused, because I, like I mentioned before, when I did pause in the past and I remembered this, what I remembered mostly is I have a very fondness and love for the, for the beach and water. Mm -hmm. When I would go, you know, live by the beach. And when I was sad, sometimes I would go to the beach 
And it always made me do this, you know, this breath, this just sigh, this just relaxation. And so I remembered that, you know, and I said, you know, I need to, because I can't beat the beach all the time. I need to remember how to pause and feel that moment. And so that I can think, because one thing I did realize that when I'm panicked, I don't think. And I don't focus and I'm anxiety driven. Right. And I finally understood that now it's just, how do I make this work for me? How do I practice it? And the key for me was micro steps is one step at a time and living. Like you just said, be in the now be in this moment, pay that one bill. Now Mm -hmm. pay part of this bill. Now eat better now but not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will come and be now (laughs) at some point. And so once I started to do this and and, and I do want people to understand, I still work on this daily. It never ends, but wow, it's 199, 200% different. Whereas now when I even slightly feel that overwhelmness or the anxiety, I immediately go into the pause Mm. And also there's actually kind of three things I do is I pause, I change the way I look at things, like mm-hmm. look at things. Okay. Wait a minute. Change your perspective. What you what, change? How you're looking at things here. Can you see these things in a different, from a different lens? Yeah. And then thirdly, just take micro steps one step at a time, even if it's only half a step. And sometimes that half step, maybe I go back a half a step, but that's Okay. Cause I know I'm going to go forward even a quarter step is, you know, I know the goal what the goal is. And as a human being, we're not perfect <laughs> and we've got to give ourselves permission to be imperfect. And I like to call it imperfectly perfect. Yeah. And that's what humans are. And we make mistakes. We will always make mistakes. And the other thing I learned is that not have these huge expectations because the disappointment mm. is huge. So yeah. I now, try to go through life with um, less than expectations. Not that I don't want to do things, it's nothing to do with it. It's just that I don't expect somebody else to do this or do that. Or because then it becomes a really a bonus. Like, Oh my God, look what they did. I had no expectations that you were going to do that. Even though you said I will do this. I said, okay, great. But never in my mind that I keep it there, that it would be done. Because mm. then you, when you don't have those like, expectations, you don't get let down. That's true. You don't get the disappointments. Yeah. Again. And so in those five words started really popping up and I started understanding them better because the very first thing was that I needed to acknowledge that I was in hell, you might say, (laughs) you know, and I needed to acknowledge the fact that I was overweight, drinking too much, that, you know, maybe I played a part in things in the divorce. Maybe my parents weren't as bad. They were just, they had their own stories. I had to acknowledge these things. And then I started realizing that, wait a minute, I needed to forgive these people. Because when you don't forgive, there's a power or an energy that people are taking from you and they don't even know they're taking it. We're right. just giving them the power. Yeah. Right. But my dad has passed away. He doesn't even have the power yet. I was allowing the pow- him to take my energy still. I was allowing the rapist to take my energy still when in reality, they don't even know I'm alive or dead. Mm-hmm. So I had to tell myself. Take your power back. Take 
that energy you've been given to all these people, forgive them for they know not what they do. I do not know their stories. And forgive yourself for thinking and making mistakes. You're human. So once I started learning that and understanding and started putting it into my daily aspects of life, really things began to change. And then, you know, mindset, checking my mindset daily, like, are you thinking in the lack of today? Are you thinking in a positive way? And I had to catch myself because, as you know, and I think that people know, but they don't see it or feel it. When they're living in a certain way, like they're living in like check to check or the lack of, then that's what they always get. Mm -hmm. You always get more of what you're thinking about. Mm. You're attracting it. What do people say? Why does this always happen to me? Right. right. <laughs> like I me? always yeah. attract this type of person or this kind of thing always happened to me. And exactly. I, yeah. And you're just, you're, and because you are thinking in this way, you are attracting more of it. If you have less money, you're also attracting the lack of, yeah. you know, so you have to start changing perspective, your mindset. So then it was like accountability. I had to, I had to not just have other people hold me accountable because they're not always around. They got, they got their own stuff to do. (laughs) I had to hold myself accountable. Yeah. Like Patricia, check this off, check that off. You did really good today. Pat yourself on the back, celebrate a little bit, have a little fun Yes. and uh, enjoy it and then keep persevering. And I will tell one secret for persevering is I find that that's the hardest thing for people is, you know, they say these great ideas and thoughts are going to change their life. They're going to, you know, I'm going to be better. I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to do this. When in reality, they, they try, they're doing their best they can. But what happens is we kind of fall back into a comfort area of yes. a habit of something that even though it's bad, we feel comfortable, even if it's negative. Yeah. We yeah. know how to deal with it because everything else is very scary. So what I did was, as I wrote down and wrote out a why, I wrote out the why that I so deep, so harsh, so detailed that really every time I read it, I cry because it says mm-hmm. I would never want to be back in that place at 57 years of age, crying, drunk, hurt, in debt. And I made it so clear, like I relive that day every time I read this. Mm. And so that keeps me going forward. I never want to go back there. We need reminders to tell us because it's so easy. That's why people are up and down in their weight all the time. Mm. That's why people have going through relationships and, and over and over. And the same thing happens over and over. And then, like you said, we talked before we got on is I learned how to try and have a little fun. I want to share more about it. So that's one area that I am not really quite good at. I am better at being disciplined, uh, doing the things. Which is what I had to learn, which was very hard to be disciplined. Very opposite in that way, right? Like I grew up in a disciplined household and I just did what I had to do before doing what I wanted to do. But funny thing happens when you do that, when you prioritize all of the duties, then those duties seem to like increase over time. And then there seems to be not enough time to do the fun thing. There's no room for what I wanted to do at the end of the day, most of the time. And there's always room for fun. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that people think 
I got to go play or do something to have fun, to spend money, go on a trip. When in reality, you can have fun right as you're sitting in place. Yeah. It's all a perspective. It's how you change the way you look at things. Like I've talked about before, like this my one of my favorite quotes, and I live by this, like I said, it's one of my three things is when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I'm having fun talking to you. <laughs> and I'm looking at that as a fun thing, but I can also turn over to my right and see this beautiful cat that makes me smile because she's doing something really crazy right now. She's like doing something funny with her legs. And it, so anyway, it, it's fun is all a perception. What is fun? For instance, during my time when I was really broke, broke, and I I had to figure out a way to eat and Mm. not spend money. When I went to the store, I could have gone into the fact saying, oh, God, I got to go to the store and I only have $30 to spend and I have to live for a week. How am I going to do this? You know, it's impossible. Nothing's going to happen. But I changed it around. And even though this was something that typically is a discipline thing, you might say, I turned it into a fun game. Mm. And the fun game was, I have $30 and I'm going to go through this store and I'm going to find some pretty good healthy things and I'm going to come out of it and I'm going to spend less. Now, I spent that very first time because I'd really never done this before, like two hours looking at things because I also wanted to eat the things I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to eat things that were healthy. And so I was looking and I was reading things and, and looking at the different prices, you know, the, the ones that had the big names and stuff that didn't have the big names, you know, there were a dollar less and type of things and things that I'd never even noticed before. And it, when I started into it first, it was like, oh my God, but then it was like, well, this, this is kind of fun to do. And then when I came out and went to the register and paid $29.63, and I had a like a load of things, you know, and I've actually brought in a couple coupons, which I'd never done in my life before either. I walked out there and like, oh my God, I had fun doing that. That was fun. And then I always like, look back at a very good friend of mine that who has a lot of money and she would do this all the time anyway, because it was just a game. <laughs> and so again, you can find ways to put fun in your life. You can find ways to put smiles in your life. I mean, a lot of times if I'm by myself, because you can't always be with somebody, Right. I'll turn on some crazy music as I love to dance oh. and just start dancing. Like to this morning, I was dancing because uh, Good Morning America, they had the Spice Girls on. And I was like, you know, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. You know, it was just, and it puts you in a completely different way of thinking. A wavelength, like, different yes, frequency. A wavelength and a mode. And, and yeah. that's what really having fun is changing your wavelengths a little bit. Yeah. Disrupting them. And that's what I do with when I build women's confidence these days is I disrupt those negative behaviors. I, as I disrupted mine, instead of making this as a job, oh my God, I got to build confidence. Work on it is trying to have fun with it mm-hmm. and enjoy it. Like, oh my God, I'm growing. This is exciting. Look what I did. I'm more confident today. I actually picked up the phone and actually went ahead and dialed rather than procrastinating for two days. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all kinds of different things. So again, it's how you look at things uh, and you change the way you look at things. Yeah. So I, I try to have fun every single day and work some fun into it, whether it's laughter or even listening to a funny shows, because those make you laugh and that's fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then you start learning and you, you know, the, I think the more you start kind of putting a little fun in your life, mm-hmm. the more you start wanting it. Mm. So then you, it's like anything, you know, 
it's when you enjoy something and it makes you kind of laugh and you dance and like, and it makes you feel better because that's what fun is all about. Yeah. It's feeling better. Yeah. It's not always about spending money to go to a putt putt golfing thing. Yeah, that's fun too. But it doesn't have to be that way, especially when, when I was changing my life, I had no money. I had to figure out other fun ways, yeah. you know, and maybe that was just, you know, my cat at the time was much easier than this cat is. And I would pick her up and dance with her. <laughs> and, you know, it was just little, little things like that to throw a little fun in your life. And the other thing is celebrating that fun. Mm. celebrating those little wins that you yeah. have by checking things off sometimes, you know, on your list, when you go, oh my God, look at that. You do like a woohoo, you know, because I got all those <laughs> things done today. It makes me feel good. And it builds confidence. And that's what I needed to do is I needed to build that confidence back that I could do it. Yeah. And I could do it at any age, at yeah. any time. And I'm not going to let people stop me that says, well, you're old. How are you going to do that? You know, no, maybe you're old, but I'm not old. I'm, you know, I'm still willing to learn and grow. And that's what really maturing and aging is about is growing and, and learning more all the time. And that may be changing your life along the way. Yeah. Uh, what I hear as a theme is to take a personal responsibility in every area of your life rather than being or acting as a victim. Right. of other people's behaviors or circumstances. So That's once right. you realize it is you who can change anything in your life, you have the power and authority, then you can change your perspective. I mean, that's a huge part of taking the self-responsibility. Ownership. It's ownership. You know, the, the, they say, and I hear these therapists, and I'm not a therapist, but they, they say this all the time, is that we tell ourselves the biggest lies. Mm. We lie to ourselves. Yeah. Because we don't want to know the truth. We don't, we don't want to acknowledge the fact that maybe we played a part in that divorce or played a part in the, all that money spent, you know, because we always make excuses that, oh, but you know, I needed it for this. You know, I have friends that always are making excuses for what they do. Mm. And I don't ever say anything because there's no point. People have to decide for themselves and take ownership that, wow, maybe I could be doing some things differently and acknowledge those facts and then forgive yourself for thinking that and doing it, Yeah, you know, but it's really hard sometimes for people to forgive themselves because they don't want to know that they were part of it. They didn't right. own their, their part. And I even divorces. And there's so many, I talk about that because so many people get divorced is people on both sides need to own it. Obviously, abuse is never right and any of that kind of thing. But, you know, um, but we still play our parts in things um, yeah. aside from that. We all have choices. We can choose to do things and we can choose to acknowledge what did I play a part in and what didn't I play a part in? That, yeah. that part's on him. But my part was maybe I stayed too much longer than I should have. Who knows? But we just yeah. need to, um, because I know in my first marriage, I stayed a lot longer than I should have. And I had to own that. Yeah. You know, it was hard to say like, oh, I guess I did stay too long, but I had to be own that, that too, uh, rather than play the victim. Like you took away my, all these years from me. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's important to really kind of balance out changing your life, disrupting things, having some fun, taking accountability and moving forward. And when you work on that, because I'm still working on it. And when mm -hmm. I say that I've today, I'm in a wonderful place. 
But tonight I will I will go, I'll take inventory of myself. I will say, hey, Patricia, do you need to acknowledge anything? Did you do anything? Do you need to forgive yourself for doing or saying something, you know, or thinking in the wrong lack of, or how is your mindset? Was it, is it a positive one this week or do I need to work on it? Do it, I, am I holding myself accountable? Mm-hmm. And then are you going to persevere? You know, today you're going to do one more thing. When you do that, you know, and you do it all the time, you take that two or three hours where you've had to learn and, and move through all these things and growing, where it just takes a couple of minutes at nighttime and go, wait a minute, I'm gonna, tomorrow's going to be a better day. You know, mm-hmm. I'll just do better. And you just keep moving one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. And that's the good news, right? We have that power and authority to change that. We have a choice. We have a choice. We're never stuck. Good or bad. Yeah, Yeah, good or bad. We can always, people will say, well, I know I don't have a choice in this. You always have a choice. You can choose to stay. You can choose to go. You can choose to eat that. You can choose not to eat that. Some people always say, well, I won't have a job. I don't go do this. And like, well, that's a choice. You can choose to do that. You don't seem to be very happy at it. Or you can choose to trust in yourself, in your confidence and say, okay, I'm going to choose to do something else. Mm -hmm. But you do have choices, but it's also choosing to trust in yourself because a lot of us don't trust in ourselves. And I will say the biggest thing that helped me and you're, again, this is what everything you do is about is taking that pause and being quiet and meditating. And I always use the word, and we talked about this meditation because a lot of my clients, when they hear the word meditation, it scares them. They think they have to become a monk. (laughs) And I know the same thing with myself. I'm like, when I first said, oh, I got to meditate. I got to meditate. And it was like, I would, I would say, I can't meditate. I can't do this for 30 minutes. You know, so you set yourself up for failure, right? Yeah. When you you think that when I learned to just say, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to be quiet for two minutes. And the I still remember the very first time I did it, that two minutes where I was, you know, doing this and, you know, I, oh, my <laughs> brain was going like this. But the more I realized that, the more I just started to really kind of relax and the sets. And then it became two minutes, became three minutes and then five minutes and 20 minutes. And, and I actually really love this time. I actually choose to leave my phone home a lot of times. Maybe if I'm just going up to the car or, or whatever, whatever I might be doing, just choosing to just walk without it mm. and or doing something or completely putting it away so you don't see or hear it yeah and so that you can have that quiet time yeah that's when we're so creative it, it's like when you get into the shower right mm-hmm. we have all this creativity we have all these ideas and thoughts <laughs> in yeah. the shower and we're like we have nothing to write it on right <laughs> you know but that's because our mind is free yeah to be allowed in that the running water of nature over the, over you is soothing. And it's, and it's like, sometimes you just want to put your head up in that shower thing and it just goes over and over and, and people will stay in the shower for like minutes and minutes just because it feels so good <laughs> because you can think of things. Well, that's the same way with quietation. You can do this. That's when we become our most creative. Otherwise we're on this hamster wheel, right? That's true. Being on the hamster wheel is being on the survival mode, right? Right. You have to keep going in order to keep up with something, but you never get there. So once you get off of that hamster wheel, then you can finally like calm down your nervous system. And then you have the bandwidth to create something new rather than just repeat 
Yeah. You know, there's a good example here. I just thought of this and it's like, you know, how opinion people, we go on vacation, right? Mm-hmm. So we're all like excited. We put everything together. We're all ready, but it, I know it, it's taken me in the past, sometimes two days to relax. I, I remember there'd be times when like, Oh God, I got to be on the computer. Oh my God. I gotta, Oh, I should be on doing this. And then like after two days, when everything you starts to relax and your actually your body starts to pause mm-hmm. and just relax and the pause all of a sudden the third day, it's like, Oh, I'll call them later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll get back to them. It's a complete switch of the mindset. And if you can learn and understand that that vacation mode is when you are so creative and learning, you don't even realize it. Yeah. You know, you're relaxing and letting all of that, you, you jumped, you came off the hamster wheel. Yeah. But it sometimes takes a bit of a, you know, when you you jump off a hamster wheel, you don't always just fall down, right? (laughs) You come off the hamster wheel. Sometimes you're still kind of running in places a tad bit, you know, because it's slowing down slowly. Yeah. You have the motion still going the motion without the wheel. Exactly. The motion (laughs) still going. So you got to allow that to kind of settle down and just a matter of getting off that hamster wheel and really acknowledging that you're on it. Yeah. See, without that awareness, there's no way that you can get off of it. (laughs) You don't know any better because you don't know any better. And that's another thing to forgive yourself for not knowing any better. It's okay. Yeah. You got to forgive yourself for not understanding what awareness is. And it's not this woo-woo thing. It's nothing mm-hmm. about, you know, oh, internal and, and, you know, meditation and going to all these retreats. Awareness is just knowing who you are mm-hmm. and beginning to like who you are because you are unique and you're special. And if there's things you don't like about yourself, then you have the opportunity to change them. If you yeah. don't like the way you feel it, because I mean, I wanted to not that 30 pounds heavier that I was necessarily considered fat or anything, but. For me, I didn't feel as good, mm-hmm. you know? So if for me, it was like, I needed to lose that kind of stuff. So it's a matter of taking the opportunity to acknowledge the fact that I just want to feel better. I want to yeah. know who I am and I feel better with less weight on me, or I feel better if I pay my bills. So acknowledging that, and that's awareness when I say awareness and then doing something about it, because some people are aware, they just, they choose to ignore it. But how long can you keep ignoring without hitting? Well, something? a lot of people hit the wall. I mean, right? A, a lot of people hit walls. I hit a huge wall, but I had a lot of stuff piling up on me. A lot of people have mini breakdowns. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's those mini breakdowns you you need to change things. You know, change the way you look at things. Or are you happy? If you are very happy with the way things are, mm-hmm. then that's a choice. Yeah. But I find that a lot more people are not happy with the way things are. They're not happy. They want to spend more time with their kids. They want to make more money. They want to do this, but they want to have more time. And they think it's an impossible way to do it. Nothing is impossible. It's just a matter of figuring it out, learning who you are, prioritizing. You know, it's funny when my first husband, and I never forget this because I was kind of a workaholic Mm -hmm. driven. And I always said, oh, because I'd never been to Europe. And I said, oh, I want to go to Europe for so badly. Go for, you know, like three weeks or so. And, and he said to me, he says, you'll never go to Europe. You'll just never do it. Mm-hmm. No, you'll just, you'll never do that. And I thought to myself, 
well, if I want something, I'll do it. And this is a good way of thinking about it. How many times have you seen that outfit or that dance or that band, that famous band there that you want to go see? Maybe you want to go see Celine Dion and you always wanted to do that. It was like, oh my God, you're a fan, you know, you're fanning. And <laughs> you make that a priority. You find the time, you find the money, you find the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And you want something bad enough. If you take the time to notice, my God, when I do want something, it may be small to you. It may be mm-hmm. getting those tickets. It may be saving that money for that mini weekend with the girls retreat. But when you want something bad enough and you want to do it, you make it happen. So when my second husband and I went, you know, he says, I said, I want to go to Europe for three, three months. He says, yeah, let's do it. Well, guess what? <laughs> I figured it out. Gone for three weeks, almost four weeks. And my life didn't fall apart. The best time of my life. I still talk about it to this day, obviously. And so it's prioritizing and deciding that you want to do something. Yeah. So a lot of people just don't want to prioritize. And sometimes it takes that time to get off that hamster wheel to realize. Because when you're on it, you don't see a lot of things. Everything is in blur. Everything's in blur. <laughs> you know, you're going... Yeah. And so you're just making life go by and you're like, how did this happen? Yeah. And then you, know? like, and you so notice it, like, oh my gosh, I'm 57 years old. Yeah. When, that's when did exactly, this happen? <laughs> that, it's a, how that happened? You know, and it, it's like, even so many people say, I didn't ever think I'd get to 50. You know, I never thought I'd be like my mother. I never mm-hmm. thought I'd be like, you know, and all of a sudden you're there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you're like, oh my God, this is happening. But, you know, and everybody learns things at different stages of their life and ages. And so there's no good time, bad time, age time. Some people learn more than when they're, I, I knew a 16 year old girl that was so ahead of her time and so introspective. And I was like, oh my God, it looks like I have to, you know, 10 of these because she was working for me. And I'm like, oh my God. So everybody does things differently, but none of it's bad. There's no bad timing. Nobody should say, well, I'm 60, 70 years old and I, I can't change. Yes, you can. If you choose to. Yeah, it's all about choice. And the people who are on the hamster wheel, it's being intentional about taking that step off. You're mm-hmm. the only one that can choose to do that. That's Even true. Just for two minutes. Yeah. You know, start pausing and start learning that quietation, that meditation of just being with you, yourself and I. And that's and that's not being with the headphones on and music. This is like being quiet with just you and your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And at first it's very, I won't, I'm not going to deny it. It's hard at first because yeah. your yeah. thoughts are still going on. And your thoughts are still on the hamster wheel. Your body's off, but you're, you, haven't, <laughs> you haven't calmed down yet. You know, right. or if we easy. didn't even have a concrete idea of what we want, but if we had a vague idea of, you know, I'm not quite content with my life. But oh, I yeah, don't you know exactly you what I need yeah, or what I want. You can't already figure it out. There's no way you're going to have it all figured out. You've got to okay. take that pause with nothing in mind. And then just trust something will come to you and then just trust follow. In, exactly. Trust in yourself. Because sometimes when you get off the hamster wheel and you're pausing, you don't know what door is going to open. Right. You don't know what's going to happen. You might all of a sudden, because you got off that hamster wheel, meet somebody that says, oh, my gosh, you are an incredible artist. And it may be something if you hadn't thought about in 25 years and you're like, well, you know, I used to do a lot of art when I was young, mm-hmm. you know, and it always made me happy. But 
life got in the way. Mm-hmm. So you don't know where it's going to come from. And that's why the expectations are, you should limit your expectations because everything just should be open. You know, yeah. if it happens, it's great. If it doesn't happen, that's great too. Yeah. You still have the moment. But if you just always intentionally keep yourself open and you learn to pause and, and be, be open to whatever could happen. Yeah. And that's whether you're in a job and going to work every day. If you're open, you might all of a sudden hear something, understand something, because when we become so minutely focused on some, you know, one little thing, it's, you know, we tend to miss things mm-hmm. also. So, yes, you need to prioritize certain things if you want them bad enough. But sometimes being almost so focused, you can miss something. Mm-hmm. too. So there's a, it's a fine line, yeah. but you learn it. You learn and adjust how you are because yeah. you are different than I am. Yeah. I will handle things differently. There's no right or wrong. It's just a matter of allowing. Yeah. And being open, being, and op- being open. open to changes and just having a little bit of faith to do trust something new. Yes. And as you trust yourself and as you go through that cycle, then you feel more confident because now you have the proof that you can use for you. Like, hey, I took this leap and I didn't know where it was going to go, but look, it didn't hurt me. I'm still around. I'm still here. (laughs) You know, a lot of people say, but I don't have that trust. And a lot of times it's taken again. And I keep going back to pausing, changing where you look at things and and micro, micro steps. And it's taking those one bitty steps. Here's a good takeaway. The first way of building confidence is to say two little words. So you know how people will say to you like, oh my gosh, you look so pretty today. I love your hair. And you go, oh, this, I didn't even wash my hair today. Oh, you know, I didn't, I don't feel that good, you know, but I kept doing that. And what you're doing when you're doing that is you're making the other person feel like he doesn't have very good sense. Mm, that's okay? true. Yeah. And you are just lowering your self-esteem lower and lower because you're feeling you're saying how negative you are because I was doing that and somebody said to me because they said something oh you you look really nice today and I said something like oh no this whole thing I just threw it on you know that I, you know blah, blah, just something negative and he looks at me straight in the eye it was a gentleman and he looks at me and says why don't you just say thank you yeah those two simple words if you just some the next time you get a compliment don't try to backlog and back, you know, backwash everything and, and, and try to be negative. Just say, thank you. That will start building your confidence. Those mm. two little words and ne- don't add anything. Yeah. Thank you. It's the very small things that you do every single day that will build up that little confidence more and more. It's like, like I mentioned earlier, making that list of things that, and don't make a 20 checklist thing, make a three (laughs) checklist thing, three things that, you know, you can probably get done, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's wash the clothes, do the dishes, you do whatever you want to do, but check them off. There is something within our neuro and our brain that says, oh my gosh, you did good. Yeah. It's that, again, that feeling of confidence, like I was able to get something done, whether it was just one checkoff or three checkoffs, but doing it again, and micro steps, it builds it up. And Mm -hmm. so, because there's nothing more disappointing than you checking up, but you didn't get the other six done. So now you're going to let yourself down. So you're better off to add things to the list, (laughs) you know, because especially when you're starting out, 
Yeah. You're trying to build that confidence up in you. Say thank you and check things off and celebrate yourself. You did good today. You've got those three things done. I'm so happy with you, Patricia. Yay. Celebrate yourself. Those little things sound so kind of stupid in some ways to some people. Like, oh my God, <laughs> that makes a difference. Makes a difference. And it's not stupid. It's fulfilling and building that little confidence that you've, that you've lost. Some people over the years have just taken you down a notch at one check at a time. They notched you down. Yeah. Well, now you're going to notch your way back up. And you just have to take those steps because throughout your childhood and you're growing up, whether it was that bully in the playground or whatever it might have been as a teacher saying something negative to you. Sometimes we don't even remember exactly what it is, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel good. And it doesn't feel good because it happens somewhere. Yeah. It's like a muscle. You have to work on it little by little, gain the confidence muscle. It doesn't grow overnight. Nothing grows overnight. Even, (laughs) I hate to say this, but even cancer doesn't grow overnight. Nothing grows overnight. Little micro steps will lead to big results. Micro steps lead to big results. Yeah. Well, I can talk to you for hours and hours. (laughs) And you know that. (laughs) Yes, we have done that. Yes. Um, but I would like you to share for the people who would like to build their confidence muscles mm-hmm. and work on themselves and maybe like switch the perspectives. Maybe they are not aware that they are on the hamster wheel, but they want to change something in their life. And then they don't know how to, where to start. How can they work with you? How can they find you? Yeah. First off, it's pretty easy. Uh, my website is patricialove.com. You can go there. You can also download for free my five solutions or my five, I call them my five diamonds to confidence and that'll help get you started. But also you can follow me on Instagram at coach Patricia love, where I'm putting a lots of little tips and uh, things on there too, until, uh, and then I, I have lots of things happening. I'm rela- launching, like I said, my confidence app, which will more of that will be coming to fruition. Uh, so lots of things happening in the works, but everything I want to do is to support women and to help women. And uh, I'm an open book. My story is an open book. So please feel free to reach out. Yeah. And if you want to add some more fun and celebration, definitely they can yeah. reach out to you. Right? Reach out to me. I'll, I'll, <laughs> no matter what, even, even if you're working with me one-on-one, we're going to make it fun. That's the whole goal. It's hard work, some of it, but we also can make uh, work fun. Yeah. We need to have more fun in life. Yes. Yes, we do. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing your journey. And thank you so much for being available for everybody, all the women out there who would like to build confidence. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking to her. Here are the takeaways. Number one, when life happens to you, Instead of being taken over by anxiety, take a pause, examine the situation, shift your perspectives, and take small steps toward the direction you would like to go. Number two, one of the life hacks for a happy life is not to have a high expectation on anything or anybody. Number three, when you acknowledge that someone has harmed you in any way, As hard as it may sound, it is for your best interest to forgive them. 
As long as you're holding the anger or resentment towards someone or something, you are giving away your own power and energy that you could be using for yourself. Number four, check your mindset every day. Are you thinking about what you don't have? Or are you thinking about what you do have? Remember, you always get more of what you're thinking of. Also, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Number five, why do you want to have or achieve what you want? Your why has to be strong enough for you to keep staying on the track of your path of improvement. Reflect on your why often. Number six, being disciplined is a great trait and necessary to live a happy life. At the same time, however, don't forget to have fun. Having fun doesn't have to mean doing anything specific. Having fun is actually about changing your perspective or your wavelength. Find ways to have more fun every day. Number seven, celebrate small things in your everyday life. Celebration doesn't have to look like opening a champagne bottle or throwing a party or anything in particular. Come up with your own way of celebration. Do it on purpose. Number eight, following through the small action steps builds your confidence in yourself. Make a list of things you know you can accomplish. Get them done and give yourself a pat on your back for following through. Number nine, Take responsibility for every single area of your life. Acknowledge the fact that you might have contributed to the unfavorable situation. Forgive yourself for not showing up as the highest version of yourself and do better going forward. Number 10. When you take a pause and choose to have a quiet moment, that's when you become the most creative. Be open to you and follow what comes to you in those quiet moments. Number 11. Next time when someone gives you a compliment, just say thank you. Resist urge to downplay yourself or explain anything. By just saying thank you, you are raising your self confidence and validating the other person's perspective. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To get more information about Patricia, you can visit her website at patricialove.com and her Instagram at coachpatricialove. I will leave both links on the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I know there are so many other podcasts out there you can choose from, and you choosing this means so much to me. So thank you. And if this conversation touched you or inspired you in any way, please let me know. You can share the screenshot on your Instagram story and tag me at masakozawa underscore photography. You can also tag Patricia. She would love to hear from you. And if you know someone who would enjoy listening to this episode, please share it. You can text or email a link to this episode. Also, If you would like to connect with me or with other meditators, I invite you to a private Facebook group called Why Not Meditate? I would love to connect with you there. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe 
and leave a review. Also, share the episode with a friend who might benefit from meditation. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, why not meditate?